Circles Network Advocacy provides professional, independent, person-centred advocacy for young people and adults across Fife. They enable people to express their views and choices on a range of issues relating to their lives and ensure that their voice is heard. They support people who are affected by mental ill health, dementia, learning or sensory or physical impairments, acquired brain injury, drug dependency, autism spectrum diagnosis, personality disorder, chronic or long-term illness, or people receiving self-directed support budgets. Today, I'm talking to Caroline to find out more about the service. I'm Pamela Henderson, and this is Down the Lane With. Hi, Caroline. It's nice to have you along. Hi, thank you for having me. So advocacy, it kind of sounds something like a lawyer does now, visions of people with wigs on and stuff like that, but I'm sure that's not really what it's about. Can you tell me what it means on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, so people do kind of get confused and think it is a legal advocate, but we're not. So advocacy is to support people to have their voice heard. We provide information to allow people to make informed decisions about things that are happening in their life. We don't give advice we don't judge people, we don't assess, we're completely non-judgmental and we just provide information and support people to have their voices heard in meetings, settings, CPAs, mental health tribunals, to make sure that their voice is being heard when decisions are being made about their future. So that's quite a wide variety of areas that you're covering. Um, so I guess the day-to-day nature of the job is quite varied. Yeah, so we work with lots of different people with lots of different issues and, and like in your introduction, we have a huge remit. We cover the Holy Fife. So we can talk to people on a daily basis and support people with maybe some housing issues, maybe they just have some questions about they have a meeting coming up and what choices can they make. They maybe want support to attend, like I say, mental health tribunals, people who are detained under the Mental Health Act. Part of your role is to explain what their rights are in terms of that, in terms of accessing solicitors, being able to oppose the order. We can support them to attend the tribunal, again, to express their views. So, yeah, it varies. It varies. So in terms of people accessing the service, can they come to you directly or do they have to be referred by somebody? People can come to us by themselves and they can contact us themselves and, and introduce themselves to the service or a friend, a family member, a professional, a neighbour. The only stipulation that we have is that the person that's been introduced for advocacy is in agreement, an agreement that they want an advocacy support. And is it free to the people who use the service, right? There's no charges. Yes, absolutely free. So when somebody comes to you for support, would they have the same person then supporting them through different visits or appointments, etc.? Or would the person that's helping out as an advocate, would that vary depending on what situation they were in? We're issue-based, so somebody would come to us with a particular issue. For instance, they need support to attend a meeting with a psychiatrist to express their views. So we would support them with that issue until that issue is resolved or until the person no longer wants advocacy but the person can come back with another issue at any time or somebody can have more than one issue so they'll have one advocate that will support them through that issue obviously if we have annual leave or sickness we always have somebody that will be able to take over that that particular issue but it'll be one advocate until that issue is resolved so people could come back to you obviously loads of times over a year depending if they had different issues that came up with their lives and needs that they had Absolutely, and we have people who use the service frequently for different issues or if they have reoccurring appointments coming up, maybe every six months they meet their psychiatrist, so they'll come back as and when, and somebody can have 
more than one issue open at a time or they can come back as many times as they want with different issues. And where would you meet people? Is it just wherever the appointment is or would you go out and just support people and listen to them? Is it always to go to something or are you there sometimes to provide a listening ear with some of their issues? Obviously, before COVID and, and the pandemic and the restrictions, what we would do is we would allocate somebody to an advocacy worker. The advocacy worker would make contact either via telephone or email or text, whichever the person would prefer, to introduce herself and explain that they were the allocated worker. And it's up to the person. Before the pandemic, we would, if somebody wanted, we'd go to their home and have that confidential chat about what the issue is and what the person wanted the advocate to take forward on their behalf or, or provide the information that the person needed. We'd meet for coffee. We used to stay before, we'd meet, could meet in this office, so it's wherever the person is most comfortable. At the moment, we're trying to do a lot via telephone, obviously, just to reduce the amount of visits, but it's wherever the person is most comfortable. Some people didn't want us coming to their home because they didn't want people to know. It's totally fine. Like I say, we can meet in coffee shops, other office spaces, just wherever the person's comfortable. So you've been talking there about COVID. Do you think there's been a bigger demand for your services during COVID? Or what are some of the challenges that you've faced as an organisation? I think in the early stages last year when we initially went into lockdown, we were continuing to provide telephone advocacy. And for people whose issues like complaints and stuff were put on hold because of the pandemic, making contact to say we're still here, you know, just because we're, we're... we're not able to go to work, we've not closed your, your case, we're still here and just make contact. For the first couple of months, it kind of was a bit, a bit quieter, but then it's massively increased and we're back up to the numbers that we previously provided advocacy before. And it's continued, continued to be very busy after, the, after restrictions have started to ease. It was really difficult in the beginning to try and provide telephone advocacy to people who are detained in hospital, maybe with a diagnosis of dementia. You know, yourself, face-to-face conversation is so much better. It's so much more personal. You can pick up so much more in a face-to-face conversation. So it was very difficult, not just for the advocates, but for the people on the end of the phone who had never met us and, and you're trying to have a conversation. But between staff, the people who are receiving advocacy, nursing staff, social workers, other support services... Everybody worked really, really well together to make sure that the person was receiving advocacy in in the best way that we could at that time. But it was difficult, and it continues to be difficult, but we're providing more face-to-face visits where we can, especially people with communication issues, adults want protection issues if we have to provide face-to-face. So we're increasing that. But we obviously have risk assessments. We have your PPE, your staff have been vaccinated. So we're as safe as we can be and we want to make sure that people provide advocacy for our safe as well. So we're continuing to try our best. In terms of any other projects then, I was aware that you had talked about a new project that you're looking into doing. Yes, so just recently we have been funded by the Health and Social Care Partnership to provide advocacy for unpaid carers and it's a specific project to support unpaid carers and we provide information regarding power of attorney and guardianship and if the unpaid carer wishes that your advocacy workers can support them through the process applying and, and seeking legal support in terms of power attorney and through guardianship. We've recently just begun that and it's just starting to build so yeah it's very exciting and positive for unpaid carers that they have somebody that can take a bit of the stress off of power attorney and guardianship because it's quite a lot of information and if you're caring for somebody 
on a day-to-day basis, these things kind of get put to the back shelves. You'll do it later, you'll do it later kind of thing. So, And was that something that you had identified as an organisation as an issue or it's just there's been an awareness that unpaid carers really need a lot more support? There's been an awareness that unpaid carers need a, a lot more support and we're not the only project that's been provided funding to provide specific support for unfair carers. So it was identified a need and uh, we were lucky to be awarded some funding for that. So in terms of if anybody wanted to volunteer for circles, what kind of roles could they get involved in within the organisation? We do have volunteer posts for our new advocacy project with carers and we do have some volunteering opportunities for a generic service and it would be raising awareness and getting out there and, well, getting out there as best we can and making contact with people to let people know what kind of advocacy we're providing, who we can help. So what kind of things are you looking for for the future? What are your hopes really over the next of six, nine months as we all come out of lockdown, uh, hopefully, and we're not going back to restrictions? What are your hopes for the organisation's direction over the next year? I suppose, as we always have done, and also as we have your new project, is to reach as many people as possible, to let people know that we're here and what we provide and what the benefits are, because even though we have lots of people who access your your um, service. There's still lots of people out there that don't know and don't understand what advocacy is. So just continue and, and, and professionals and, and everybody just to make people aware that this is who we are, this is how we can help, this is the benefits. And if people want us, just to get in touch. And the age range of people that you support, what's that again? It's 16 and above with no upper age limit. And we do provide advocacy for people who are 16 and under who are affected by mental health and detained under the Mental Health Act. And in terms of people being able to look for more information about it, um, is that based on the website? Yeah, we have a website, a Circles Network, Network website that has all of our information. We have leaflets and stuff that we've given out. But if anybody even just wants to phone, if, if they're not, not everybody's on the internet, and I totally understand that. If anybody just wants to phone... And just say, just wondering what your service is, we're more than happy to have that chat over the phone as well. Okay, Caroline, thank you very much for letting us come to speak with you about Circles. Thank you for having me. If you would like to know more about Circles Network Advocacy, the website and Facebook page are on the Linton Lane site. Down the Lane With was presented by Pamela Henderson. It was created by Marion McPherson and Michael McLaren and was a jacket pocket media production for the Linton Lane Centre. <laughs>